after hours. Well, grind my gears and call me Peter Hannah Hampton. <laughs> How the heck are you today? I just got that Family Guy re- uh, reference. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I am it doing... grinds my gears. It grinds my gears. No, I'm doing well. I, um, you know, I had uh, my holiday party this weekend with my company, and I've after it, I've decided I need to start a new podcast called "How Did I Get This Old." Um, right. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, I, this came out of my mouth. I, we ate dessert and I said, oh, I really like it because it's not too sweet. And I felt like that was such an old thing to say. Yeah. Uh, did they park your walker for you and then someone go get it when it was time to head out to the train? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I'm just going to say this real quick because I know everyone's tired of listening to me talk about the wedding, but the w- wedding's over. My son is married. I have Excuse a new daughter in law. The wedding was beautiful. Yep. The bride and groom were beautiful. Everything yep. was flawless. And there it is. So we have had a pretty good week this week here in HR and recruiting. Uh, busy, a lot of stuff in the news. So there's going to be a lot in the upcoming podcast as well. But my goodness, Hannah Hampton, it's happened again. It's happened again. <laughs> again. BlackRock's Mark Wiseman terminated for failing to disclose employee relationship. Oh, my God. Goodness. Oh, quit people dipping not your ink in the company pen. No, mm. pen in the company ink. Mm-hmm. Anyway, quit stoinking the help. Um, another consensual relationship. Um, but, you know, I, I, this one smells a little fishy to me, not on Mr. Wiseman's part. But, you know, he was a contender for mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. top job at BlackRock. And I have a feeling that I think there was a little politics involved. I think someone threw him under the bus. Interesting. I mean, I don't, I haven't researched it enough to know one way or another, but I do know this is the second person in the, I guess, past six months or even less than in that company who's been ousted for a policy violation. Their global head of HR uh, lost their job in July as well. So, you know, it could be trying to build up the right team or truly, you know, this is them trying to uphold the culture. I will say I read an article about the CEO. I think the CEO said part of the reason that they terminated this person is he said, this is not who BlackRock is. This is not our culture. We expect every employee to uphold the highest standards of behavior. This is especially critical for our senior leader. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I certainly support that statement. And if you have a rule or a policy that everyone has to uphold it, but it certainly feels like it's a fishy time. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, I, I do like what you just said. And I, I I feel like a company has to make a choice. And, the, mm-hmm. and I think there's two tiers to it. If you're going to have policies and you want to create a culture, uh, then you've got to make sure that everyone follows the, the rules. And, of course, leadership should be the embodiment of the culture. Right. Uh, so that I completely agree with. At the same time, some of these companies, I mean, if their CEOs are working an insane amount of hours and they don't have time to go out and meet mm. someone, maybe they need to make sure that their uh, their policies are realistic. I don't know. I mean, but I well, think when you get to a certain if, level, you should know better. Yes. If you're a CEO, you know, no, because I think I think it's OK to have a relationship with someone you meet at work as long as you're not violating that company policy. You know, and also as long as you're not treating your work like Tinder, like, hey, (laughs) that didn't work out. Let me let me see the guy from payroll. I don't know. But if your company, you know, 
says you cannot do it or has limitations, you need to follow that. But I'm, I agree with you. I, I feel like a complete prohibition of workplace romance is just not realistic. And, but in the Me Too era, we've got to be smart. You've got to be respectful. So uh, as long as you're following the company policy and you're not trying to hide things, you're not doing things, uh, you know, inappropriately, then, you know, there we go. But, you know, in in the day and age that we're in right now, you can't try to cover things up because people are going to find out and that's going to be even worse. So I'd say make sure that your policies align with your culture Make sure that you're following the policies. And again, if you're the CEO, I say that that's the one role that you have to, that's no, 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 since everyone technically reports up through you. I want to disagree, but I really can't because you're right. I mean, everyone reports to the CEO directly or indirectly. So that is the one person that needs to mm-hmm. follow the rules, lead, uh, keeping their personal life separate from their professional life, et cetera. Tricky times though. And it's hard Tricky. for me to really you know, give Mr. Weissman too hard of a time because, of course, the most recent Mrs. Danzig was (laughs) someone that worked for me. So let's move on. What do you have for us, Anna? Well, have you seen out there? So, you know, full disclosure, we've both spent some time in HR in the restaurant world. And recently in the news, as of this past week, um, it was out there that Chipotle has nurses to ensure has nurses for for their team members to ensure that you're truly sick so that they can get their paid day off and not go into work. Now, before we start talking about this, you know, I've been in HR for the restaurant world and know how difficult it is when you're staffing to a certain level of people. Somebody calls off work. And you're short for the day and it's frustrating and it's hard. So certainly I understand the trouble of staffing for a restaurant. But here I'm going to read to you what the CEO said. He said, we have nurses on call so that if you say, hey, I've been sick, you get to call into the nurse. Now, this is the kicker, he said. The nurse validates that it's not a hangover. You're really sick. And then we pay for the day off to get healthy again. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I think you and I share a brain sometimes in the fact that there's two stories here, right? Don't yes. you re- I see two different stories. You know, yes. first off, Chipotle obviously is no stranger to f- foodborne illnesses, and right. it almost put them out of business at one point. It, and- it seemed to be happen- happening frequently, and that's bad press, and also getting people sick sick is really bad. <laughs> so yes, and then there's parts of this story where they do go into the fact that they've also got this new table sanitizer mm-hmm. that kills different viruses and things. So the norovirus. You know, the norovirus. So there's one one direction, one branch of the story where it's wow, Chipotle is really going above and beyond to make. Mm-hmm. Keep- keep it safe, you know, and make sure that these type of things don't get into the food. So with that, you know, I'm like, Chipotle's always going to have to do that. For as yes. long as they're around, no one's going to forget that they've practically killed people. So they're always going to have to have deal with that stigma, just like Jack in the Box. Right. But then, like you said, it's why would he bring up Hangover? Yes. It's not like they're a nightclub. That's what's weird for me, you know. I mean, I guess maybe they have a big post-drinking crowd. I don't think they're open that late. So, But I just don't get the tie-in right. because, I mean, we've worked in full-service 
bar restaurants, you know, in our younger days and college days where everyone goes out after mm-hmm. close and you're out 5 a.m. And then, of course, you, you know, if you're doing a close to open and someone's like, well, I saw Hannah out drinking, you know, mm-hmm. on Fridays at 3.30 last night. Of course, she's sick this morning. Right. So that's one thing. But it's not like Chipotle is known as this you know, coyote, yeah. ugly, you know, crazy. I can't woo Here's, anymore. Sorry about that. So, so <laughs> well, I think that's odd. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's saying well, basically prove it when you call in sick. What? Yeah. And here's, here's my thought too. It's like, okay, I like the idea of having a nurse to call again. If there are the norovirus, somebody is truly sick and can get somebody else sick. But the fact that he brought in to make sure it's not a hangover, that tells me that they have a CEO that does not trust their employees. So all of a sudden, the culture, whether it's, you know, and I don't know anybody who'd want the culture to be this way. Now the culture is we do not trust our employees. So therefore, we have a nurse to make sure they're not hungover. I don't know about you. And and I'm thinking also from an HR perspective, having to be the guardians of the culture. How do you back up a culture that says outright says, I don't trust that you're truly sick? I think I'm going to check to make sure that you're not faking it. And to me, that's how do you back that up? Can I say something about that? Yes. I think he really comes across as a dick. (laughs) I do. I mean, because we've worked for people like that, you know, where they're just like, yeah, you know, it's like when you have to convince your dad something and he's like, yeah, whatever, you know, and you're like, no, I really tried. It didn't work. Oh, sure. I don't think you gave it a hundred percent. I mean, this guy to me, that quote, and the thing is you had to point that quote out to me because I was kind of like, well, yeah, they're making it prove it, but yada, yada, yada. But the more I look at it and I have it up on my computer screen in front of me right now, because, you know, it, the second you mentioned it, I'm you know you hear me right. googling sometimes, and I've just got that paragraph just mm-hmm. staring me in the face right now, and I just want to say, Brian, you kind of come across as a dick here, mm-hmm. and then exactly. I don't want to work for this guy. No, no, that's to me again. I, and I'm not saying like, hey, blindly trust everybody and everything and all of that, but. You need to have a culture and create a culture of trust and transparency, and that's how you're going to engage and keep your workers. But now the CEO is basically saying, I don't trust anybody is making, you know, is I just trust that everyone's lying to me. So I'm going to make sure you're not lying by sending a nurse or having you call a nurse to confirm that you're actually sick and not hungover. And like how, I don't know, I just being accused of, of, of that, I feel especially there might be people who are in recovery. There might be people who are sensitive to those things, but geez, I I feel like that's just saying, I don't trust my people. And how could you want to work for somebody who outright says, I don't trust you? Well, that's what, yes, absolutely. What's funny is, you know, you and I in the near future are going to do uh, an episode specifically about building a great culture Mm -hmm. and, you know, those elusive overused words, you know, being an (laughs) employer of choice. Mm -hmm. And so I've been working on some of the things and you and I have talked about it and what's important to us in a great culture. And you start by defining what's a great culture to you, blah, blah, blah. And I've got to go back and totally, I have to go back even further now and make step one, don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought that was inferred, but now I'm reading this and I'm like, well, apparently some of these big companies don't get that. And, you know, who sets the standard for your culture, but your upper leadership. 
And wow, I mean, that I can't. I, and the thing is, because we just kind of threw you threw this at me, this one, it's still kind of building with me how yes. annoying that is. I mean, well, I'm, I'm kinda, thinking too, like, how, what about somebody who might have a fear of a doctor or whatever? And they're like, you know what? I don't want to have to call a nurse. So I'm just going to show up to work and they're super sick. They're contagious, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of ramifications that he probably didn't think about when he said it. I, but I also feel like he wasn't thinking when he said it, but I think about some, like now this might have some bad effects where somebody is going to say, I don't want to have to deal with a nurse. I'm just going to come to work being sick. So now you've got this person who's got a norovirus or something that's contagious and you're infecting not only, you know, your, your team members, but potentially customers. So I don't know. I just feel like that that was a very, very short-sighted comment. I can't, I, I don't know. I just, I, hopefully he realizes what he said. Well, I think we should forward this to him. And you know what? Maybe uh, we'll uh, hashtag him or tag him in the thing. But, yeah, it is so funny because he starts with that. And like you said, that that one quote, if you take it out, everything else is really good because it's then, you know, they're talking about their improved food safety practices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, well, they did have a norovirus outbreak in 2017. So they have this new table sanitizer that kills that. And and it even closes with the same guy. We have a very different food safety culture than we did two years ago. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. nobody gets gets to the back of the restaurant without going through a wellness check. But like even the way that's quoted, where he says, "You know, we have a different culture." Okay, mm-hmm. maybe they caught him hungover because I'm a little surly, you know, when I'm hungover <laughs> and unpleasant. And it does though. It seems like someone quartered him in the restroom at a Chipotle and started <laughs> asking him. <laughs> about this policy and he's just like you know leave me alone fuck off you know i'm trying to piss here and you know we're a different company you know don't be a dick i don't know i can't i can't stop i can't unhear this i can't unread it i can't un. oh it's terrible stop me stop me quick it's 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 one of those things it's it's tough and you know again in the restaurant world i know and i've had these conversations i feel like managers are notorious for not being understanding of call-offs because there's so much stress in running a restaurant. And then when you're short-staffed, that just, I feel like, exponentially makes the stress even higher. So I've had the conversations of, look, you know, your customers do not want to have to know or deal with a, a server who's, you know, visually sick or thinking about somebody who's cooking their meals who has told you, I've been throwing up today. Like that is, you got to take yourself out of the the managerial restaurant manager mindset of, I just need my people here. I need them to do their job and be a human, putting that human back in HR, right? Where you've got to understand that, Hey, sometimes letting somebody go stay home and get better is 100% the right thing to do. And I'm, you know, I'm lucky. I I work in the, in the tech industry where it's, you know, it, it definitely is very people focused and, our policies align with if you're sick, stay home, don't get people in the office sick. You need to focus on getting better. And I think it's great because people understand that. And I think that helps lessen, you know, the spread of a cold of the flu around the office. But it scares me, uh, you know, kind of peeking behind the curtain, knowing that restaurant managers sometimes aren't thinking about that. And I tried really hard to always teach people about HR and doing the right things. But at the end of the day, they're still running a restaurant and you've got to have people to run the restaurant. This is not one of those things where, hey, I've got two people and I can successfully do it. 
you need a certain number of people. And uh, I get that call-offs are frustrating, but you have to be a human about it. You're right. And I, I think maybe part of it is what I have seen, especially in New York, where you've got the increased minimum wage this year and and everything else, that I have seen a lot of restaurant groups are starting to run a little lean on labor, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like maybe there's more than one, you know, there's multiple topics in this and someone caught him off guard. And, you know, he's also really thinking about, you know, running a nice tight labor model and they've mm -hmm. got to make sure that they've got the right people in place so they don't have call offs. And, but I just feel like this was just poorly communicated and they it, it, they probably do have the best of intentions. But you can, this is when you can tell and this is and I'm saying this like I it's fact. And let me preface with what I'm about to say by saying this is 100 percent speculation on my mm -hmm. part. And anyone that listens to this podcast knows that Hannah and I do a great job of speculating. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I feel I feel like this guy just. I, I think he gets he needs first he needs to find someone to screen his calls before he starts answering and taking press. And <laughs> but but where I'm speculating is I feel like he was not involved in mm -hmm. the creation of this policy oh, its sure. origin, because when you create a policy and you're involved from the spitballing mm -hmm. to the fleshing it out to the testing it to the rolling it out. There's no way you would talk about it this way. It, you would be passionate about it and you'd be explaining these are some of the other things we did. And we found that by bringing in a nurse, it makes everyone more at ease. But it, like you said, he's basically saying, you know, the nurse is going to tell us whether or not you're lying or you're hung over. Yes. You know, you know what it made me think of? And this is a going to date me quite a bit. Uh, well, not quite a bit. But do you remember in the movie Tommy Boy? <laughs> When they're in the board meeting and the woman's like, and that's when the whores come in. <laughs> <laughs> the whores. And, and the husband's like, I visited a prostitute one time during the war. <laughs> I, I feel like that's him. Like he had a bad experience where somebody was hungover, called in, it messed up his day, whatever. And it's just stuck in his head. Like people aren't sick, they're hungover. That's what it made me think of. I'm like, and I think sometimes too, people get fixated on, on one experience and it's very anecdotal versus, you know, versus something that that is truly fact and they're just stuck on it. And I'm wondering, you know, I'd love to be able to dig deep into, <laughs> into whatever happened to the CEO that automatically he's like, we need to make sure that they're not hungover. So who well, knows? Well, you know, I just had Manny, our fact checker, just uh, <laughs> sent me a little message here. And when he was quoted as saying this, he was at a Barclays conference. So mm -hmm. me, you know, maybe it was happy hour or maybe someone did just walk up to him and didn't really you know, tell him who they were and asked him about it because mm -hmm. I do think he was not prepared for that statement. I don't True. think this was written out. I don't think he was prepared to, I don't think he was rolling it out and announcing it. Uh, or I could be wrong. Maybe he was the speaker at the conference, but it just seems to me like this was a follow-up question. And like I said, 100% Mick Danzig speculation, which there's a fine line between speculation speculation and fiction when I'm involved, but I just feel like there's, 
there's just uh, there's more to the way he was approached about this story <laughs> than him. I mean, my God, if he was speaking and this was, you know, him rolling it out and telling people about it. And look at this great thing we're doing here at Chipotle. He should talk less. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if I was all excited about my new position at Chipotle and then my CEO said this, I'd just be like, wow, you know. Huh. Are they, you know, are they going to have my wife call the nurse and confirm that she's really pregnant before I take maternity leave? I mean, <laughs> seriously, it's, I mean, it's he did could have could have done a better job there, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I now I'm imagining like the HR department saying, "What what is he talking about?" And they're now scrambling to uh, create this policy. <laughs> So, well, I think we probably browbeat him enough. Okay. Um, maybe we'll um, call and and I'll just say, hey, this is Big Dancing HR After Hours Podcast. Talk to me about this, and maybe I can get him to you know say something great about you know his leadership, and we can talk about that next week. Sure. I don't know. Well, I'll just tell him that the reason I was so grumpy about it is because I'm hungover. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Or I should say, hey, is now a good time? Or are you hungover? I know that that's something that's going on. I don't know. Anything? Do you have anything else? Because I feel like now we're just browbeating Mr. Nickel here. We really are. No, I don't have any other comments because I think I shared everything that I felt on there. And, and who knows? Like if I learn more, or learn different things, um, I might have a different opinion. However, I don't know how I could change my mind on it. But uh, that's it for the Chipotle story. Let me do this. I'm just going to tease our upcoming okay. company culture podcast and just say, hey, this is Hannah Hampton and Mick Danzig saying, don't be a dick today. 